thank you guys so much for tuning in to Spartan Dogs Podcast. This is PIJ Manigo and West Coast Rail bringing you guys the very first episode kicking off the year. Oh, yeah. So How you feeling? Oh, I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling good. Oh, yeah. We got a fresh fresh start. Uh, got the season schedule. Eight-game schedule coming up. I want to know how do you feel about it? Uh, what have you heard out there about the predictions uh, about the next upcoming season for Michigan State? And what do you think your uh, – what, what would make you happy about uh, this season's record? So, for me, uh, I'll just go what I've noticed. Um, off the weekend – um, I noticed I noticed a lot of like red flags with just the thought process of going into the year, and I, I understand it. It's not that I don't understand it. It's just kind of the it's kind of a problem though. Like I, I understand coming in saying you know we might not win that much that many games. We might not win five, six, or whatever. But you know I saw a lot of three wins. I saw a lot of I'm gonna wait three years down the road. Yep. For me, I'm optimistic. For me, I see a lot of opportunities. I see we play Michigan week two. History has told us that Michigan take it takes Michigan time to get their team going. That's just yeah. how how they are. So I think that's a good opportunity for us to maybe hit them in the mouth. Mm-hmm. Iowa, I mean Iowa, they don't have a star quarterback yet. It takes Iowa normally a few years to get their team really developed to make a push for anything. So there's yeah. a lot of opportunity to, to win some games. That's sure. right. I agree. There is. Uh, with that being said, with Rutgers. Uh, being a home opener, I think that that is like one of the most gifted things that the Big Ten could have done for us this year and letting us get that scrimmage game in against Rutgers and then mm-hmm. going ahead and playing, you know, a very good, a very, I can say a very good team, but a very, it, it will be very hyped to see what uh, Coach Tucker can do versus Michigan. I think that is, he is going to have to set the tone. And I, I for sure am going to predict an upset versus the University of Michigan. I, the reason why is because I do not think that uh, they know what we're going to do. This is a completely new offensive scheme, something that they have not seen before, and we are not going to give all of the uh, all of the formations that we're not going to give them all in the Rutgers game. The Rutgers game will be, like I said, like play like a preseason game in the NFL. Very vanilla. It's not going to look like we're going to do too much. We're going to establish some timing with the wide receivers and the quarterback, whoever that may be. Right. Uh, right. And uh, not show too much, but, you know, get the job done. And then the next week, they're not going to know what to do. Like, this is why I'm looking at it as it's going to, this has to be an upset. Just because they don't know. I don't even know what they're going to do. So I couldn't even tell Michigan what to practice. I mean, they could, they're going to do whatever they see from Rutgers. But that's not going to be enough to, you know, really understand their scheme and what they're trying to do to you. So uh, oh, yeah. that and, and everybody that's leaving Michigan, I believe it's going to be too much of a distraction. Plus, like you said, it takes Michigan a few games to get their, uh, their feet underneath them and then be able to make a stretch to win. Uh, thank God we caught him week two. I believe it's going to be a uh, very hyped game, and I do expect us to win. With that being said, mm-hmm. I'll go ahead. Go ahead. And for me, I think, and maybe it's just the bias Spartan in me, but I honestly do think that it's going to be a lot easier for Michigan State to get up for that game than yes, it is for Michigan. I'm just sorry, but Mel Tucker, 
I don't think a lot of Michigan State fans really know like how you know how Mel Tucker was. A lot of people I've talked to talk about the Colorado, but for me, I judge him by Georgia, Alabama, and the fact that he was an ex NFL coach, so he can evaluate yeah. talent and he can get teams up. So I think he's gonna have us ready to at least be motivated to beat Michigan, and from there, it's gonna be just scheme and play calling. So I yeah. And in my opinion, who the, who in the hell is going to be our quarterback? That's something that's honestly a dark cloud. I can't act like I know. I If I had to be able to pick who I personally want, mm-hmm. I would say Peyton Thorne. I, I think that he just has the it factor. I, based off what I've seen from his high school tapes, from just up till now, little articles I've read, I just it just seems like he has all the skills to be successful. I don't know anything about Day. But I do know about Rocky. That's the one thing I do know about. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We all know about Rocky. Uh, and uh, Rocky's stats from last season, he was 7-21 for 74 yards, uh, 33.3% completion rating. Yeah. Um, uh, and two interceptions. So he still hasn't really done too much to uh, warrant that he is going to start right away, even though I believe that this coaching staff unfortunately will give him a shot mm-hmm. just because they don't know they can't judge him off of D'Antonio but it's going to be the same so uh, he might look good against Rutgers but any one of those quarterbacks is going to look good versus Rutgers right right so yeah, that won't say much but the Michigan game I'm telling you the quarterback is going to be the deciding factor of us winning or losing the Michigan game yeah, for sure. It, for that's sure. it. It's not talent. It's not anything like that. It will be quarterback not being able to complete passes or throwing it straight to the other team. And I and I guess my question for the Michigan State fans that you know that think that this year is I guess just a gar a dumpster year, so to say, just a year mm-hmm. you know, eh, wait till the next year. I guess my question is, what makes you think otherwise? Because just a year ago, it was Big Ten championship or bust, or nine wins or bust. Like, that's what the expectation was just a year ago. And I get we lost Bocce. I get we lost Willikis. But, I mean, I just don't get what the, where the drop-off came to where it was like, you know. And I, I understand D'Antonio left, but I think we, yeah. we have the talent on our team. And we got a coaching staff now. I think the concern was bringing in a coaching staff. And I think we have a solid coaching staff. I, I, I don't know enough to say this is going to happen or this isn't. But I do, you know, I've seen enough from their history to say, you know, this could work out. We have talent. We have guys that have been here waiting to play for years. It's not like we're Colorado. It's not like we have Colorado talent. Like, we are... <laughs> I think people think we're Colorado. I think he, people think he just took Colorado to Michigan State and just everyone else is just gone now. Like Right. That's exactly what I think. Um, also, like you said, this is a different coaching staff, but all of the coaches that we received uh, right after D'Antonio left, have gotten uh, raises from their previous job. So, from Scotty Hazleton, coming from uh, Kansas State, defensive coordinator, he got a raise. I mean, it's it's uh, obviously Coach Tucker got a raise, left Colorado. I would have left Colorado. Any smart person in their right mind would leave Colorado for Michigan State. Yeah. And that type of a pay raise, which I was not expecting Michigan State to do. No. So they really put the bag behind Mel Tucker. Now you have to watch and see what Mel Tucker does. Yeah. They, yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready to see it. 
I am too. I'm excited. And again, I'm not trying to play fortune teller with it. I just I just think there's a lot to be excited about. I think Mel has answered the bell. Number one, that rumor on the block was he's a hell of a recruiter. Yeah. He's checked that box. We had a yes, pretty yeah. bad year last year and looked pretty bad. Like even Urban Meyer was on Fox News saying the coaching swap was looked stupid. Like we were a joke generally on television. It wasn't a joke. Like and we still was able to. He still was able to bring in a solid recruiting class for the next year. We have a quarterback that might be good for the future in Hemp Bay. We have some yep. guys on the on that new, in that next class, but you know, definitely do. And uh, if I if we can go ahead and uh, before I end off and, and skip to the next topic, I really wanted to see how many wins do you expect uh, from this upcoming schedule. What do you who do you think we're gonna win to? Give us a game by game wins and losses. All right, I'm gonna go through this quick because I, I want to hear yours too. Yep. <laughs> so I got us beating Rutgers, uh, yep. Michigan. I'm gonna go with the close loss. But we're gonna lose to Michigan. Okay. Actually, have us beating Iowa, Indiana. Okay. If they stay healthy, and that could be a hard game, but yeah. Indiana doesn't stay healthy, so I'm having Michigan State in that one. Maryland, Maryland can cut. I don't know what Maryland team's gonna show up this year. There's rumors that they're supposed to be okay. They got Tua's younger brother. Yeah. So I don't know Ooh, how they're supposed okay. to be. Okay. But Maryland, I mean, I can have. I would say Michigan State beats Maryland most days. Northwestern, I, I'm picking Michigan State to beat Northwestern, and then yep. we're gonna end the year with two losses. So that's one, two, three, four, five wins for sure. I would say yep. five wins. I think you got to. Uh, I, I, I will. I, I might have a little bit more. See, I got us winning against Rutgers. Everybody has us picking us to beat Rutgers badly. Mm-hmm. I have us pulling out the upset versus Michigan. Yeah. Now that momentum, I think that we get too big for our britches and then we end up losing to Iowa. We end up bouncing back with a close win versus Indiana. Lost to Maryland. I don't like us going away too much. You know what I'm saying? If we have to go away, I really don't like us going away and really winning because, you know, I, I really do think that Mel Tucker and his whole coaching staff need a, a recruiting class to build off of. So it's going, in my opinion, it's going to take two to three years to really see what he can do. I really think he's going to bring it with the recruiting class. I don't think it should be that far. I think we should give yeah. him two years, and then we should be expecting something out of him. Uh, yeah, keeping it going. Expectations. Yeah, I expect us to beat Northwestern. We are going to get smacked by Ohio State. Oh, and no. I expect a close game. I want a close game because we have to end the end the end the thing off on the right on the right foot. So Penn State is going to be in in my mind our championship game. We're gonna be like, okay, we are either going to end it off right or we can end it off bad. Now the Penn State game is a 50-50 game. It depends on if Penn State is playing for to get into the uh, the conference championship game or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think that you know, obviously, I think Penn State can win the, that game versus us. And uh, and what Sean Clifford shows up if Sean Clifford, the one that can't throw it right, shows up, we might have a chance. But if Sean's balling, <laughs> Sean you're right. Balling. You're right, and and it might it might be that uh, by then we will know exactly who Michigan State is. So I won't even – I think we're going to wait until that weekend and we can actually get uh, into game game week, mm-hmm. you know, uh, pregame shows and all of that stuff. We're going to break each game down for sure if we're going to win it or lose it. Injuries come into play. So, you know, we, I can't really get into all the predictions, but I cannot say for sure we're going to lose that Penn State game. I just think that we're going to play it very tough and we'll see what happens. 
It all depends on the quarterback, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. This entire this season, season, in my opinion. Yeah, this whole season does. Yep, so uh, what do we have for the next topic? So we're going to be actually moving over here. Give me one second. So we're going to be moving over to basketball here for a second. Um, okay. I know that's a little far away. and we'll, we'll move back into football here, but I just want to get your opinion on basketball because we actually, in the past, this is actually, I think, how we started, like, talking more was we had beef about the Tom Izzo team, the Syracuse one, um, about how he handles star talent. Now, I know right. the consensus right now across, you know, the Spartan world is that we're excited. We got mm-hmm. Christy. We got Bates. We have all these great names on our roster coming here soon. But my concern is, well, not concern, but question is, I'm just going to play devil's advocate here. Okay. Say it doesn't work out. Say for Michigan State, because for Kentucky fans, they can get a team like that, and it it won't work, and it's okay because they'll get another one. Mm. They can get a team like that, and it's okay because the fans know they'll get another one. But for Michigan State, this is big. Like, I don't know if we've had a team like this ever no, we have this never. star studded. So my no. question is, what if it ends up like a Middle Tennessee State or the Bridges Syracuse? Now, obviously, that's very hard to do. But nah, here's I my mean, thing: I, I was thinking know. about there's coaches like Bradley Stevens, like there's coaches that can't coach stars that just rather have are better with coaching guys who aren't star studded. Like I think Bradley Stevens is that kind of coach. He can't. You saw it with Kyrie Irving. Like he can't. Some coaches can't coach an all star team. Right. They need players that can are rather in their scheme rather than star studded. So I don't know. I don't. I'm gonna so give Izzo a chance with it, but I understand that. Uh, and to answer your question, if it does not work out, oh man, how can I put this? It would be the biggest blow. It would it would end Izzo's coaching career. Like, in all honesty, I mean, because you're right. I don't think he's going to get another recruiting class like this right like it, it is like he if push come to shove he put all his chips into this basket yeah. he wants one more ring before he goes out and he wants it badly i know he got tired of coach k stealing his guys at the last moment so i know he yeah. was like he is this oh, is yeah. like oh i'm going to get you I am going to get you, and I I can I can't guarantee he's going to win, but I can damn near guarantee he's going to win because I just I just have that type of uh, feel for what Izzo is doing right now. Izzo is mm-hmm. he's on his way out. He's he is getting older. He is like man, I don't know how long I have left to continue to coach. Granted, we always make it to the tournament every single year. Uh, it, it that will you know continue uh, next year for sure with Rocket. This is going to be Rocket uh, Watts team, and I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, and, for sure. And his development. But when this when this class comes into play, it is going to be something we have. Think about it. We will have bench players who could start for Duke. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. know who's going to come off the bench, but it probably be Pierre. Maybe Max Christie. We'll see. Um. But when they come, it's going to be something with Imani Bates, who will reclassify to come for the 2021 season. So, because he wants to get to the NBA as soon as possible. And uh, 
you know, I think that's just, you know, granted, with you when you coming in here like that, I definitely expect for Imani Bates, Imani Bates, the number one player in the country in 2022, will reclassify to the 2021 class and will be the number one pick in the NBA draft. So with that being said, it's going to be a lot of pressure. It's going to be like the greatest AAU team ever assembled. And Michigan yeah. State will have all eyes on them. Like, really. They will really be filmed everywhere they go. Everywhere. It's going to be a big deal. It's going to it's going to be huge. And I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to see how it turns out. But, you know, for me, I'm nervous because I'm not going to lie. And I'm not going to hold it over Izzo's head because I get it. It's a different dynamic. It's, it's, it's not the same dynamic. The Bridges, the Bridges-Jackson team is not the same dynamic of obviously what's coming in now. But right. for me... I'm more of a concept guy to where it's like, can Izzo coach stars? He's never done it before. These are guys that their next step is the NBA. So I'm hoping, I mean, when you have that that much star stud, that much talent, I mean, it's kind of hard to mess it up. It is. But it could happen, though. Yeah, it could happen. Nothing, nothing is guaranteed. You know, I mean, look at what we, look at what Michigan State did when Kenny Goins hit that damn three pointer to beat Duke. That, that was one of on my wall. Yeah, I'm telling you, it was one of the greatest shots, one of the greatest moments of my life to see Michigan State beat Duke when Duke was at their strength. The dream team. The dream team got beat by little old Michigan State. I wouldn't say little old Michigan State, but compared to Zion Williams and everybody on Michigan State was small to me. I just did like it was. Oh just, yeah, I mean he was a beast. He we should have got we should have got outclassed tenfold, but but it came down to Izzo knowing you know exactly his players, and that's one of the things he's gonna listen. It's gonna be a bump in the road. I'm not saying like we're gonna go. You know I can't. I don't want to start off like this. How about that? I don't want to start off so hot to where we're just undefeated. Through through you know seventy five percent of the schedule and then we might lose one game or something like that. I think we're gonna smack Michigan for years to come. Jawan Howard, yeah, the best thing that ever happened to Michigan State. So thank you, Michigan uh, basketball, for handing us uh, those easy two wins every yeah, season. That's, yeah, I'm not worried about Michigan basketball too much. They'll they'll be okay. They'll you know, but I'm not. No, they won't. I'm sorry to say that. <laughs> once 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 B B line left. It was over. I mean, he was, in my mind, Beeline was better than Izzo. Scheme-wise, he go find plays. He had shooters all over the floor. And it was just, and they were really good shooters. I mean, it's it's mind-boggling how he used to do it. But now, yeah. Jawan Howard is not him. So, it's just like, you're going to get a, a, you know, it's not going to be the same basketball. And, and Michigan missed the boat. They don't care about the basketball side. So, that's not going to make them the big bucks like football is. And right, Jim and, right. and and uh, what is it? It's Jim Harbaugh, right? Jim, Jim, Jim is on Michigan, right? Yeah, I think Jim is the best thing that ever happened to Michigan State as well. Not saying that he can't beat us. Not saying that Michigan cannot beat us. Cause that's not what I'm saying at all. But how he does things, his off-season antics, is some of the best things ever. And Ohio State already said they're going to run up the score on him next year. So I cannot wait to see that. Yeah, and uh, the thing about Michigan is, and that's gonna be a topic for another show because I'm not, yes, I'm not coming off as a bitter Michigan State fan because I get it. I see the Twitter beef for everyone's like, well, you guys haven't won a Big Ten title since this. For me, 
once again, I live in Columbus, so I get the best of both worlds. And I'm just, at this point, I'm concerned because it's kind of crazy when you think that Northwestern has made it to a Big Ten championship game before Michigan has. And it's not, and I'm not wow. trying to be bitter about it. I'm not trying to be wow. that guy, but I'm like, what is the standard? Like, I look on TV every preseason and Michigan's a favorite. Michigan's a predictor to be there. Like, well, watch out for Michigan. I don't understand that. So I think that's, that's another topic for another day. But. I, I mean, I, get, I got you. You're right. But I got, I got <laughs> but, your answer. I got your answer. That's the reason why. <laughs> Money. Money. Michigan makes money. I give them all the credit in the world for being that type of uh, university, you know. So yeah, they have their hands in a lot of pockets. So obviously they're gonna get, you know, they're gonna get the uh, mentions and everything yeah. like that. They're gonna be favorite and all this other stuff. They're gonna have all of it. It's up to us, the underdogs, the blue collar programs, the blue collar university, to go out there and get the job done. We're not gonna be. We're never gonna be favored to win. I can't say never, but we're never gonna be favored to win. Like it's just not. Yeah, something that we should be used yeah. to. We should be used to this by now. Use it as motivation. Don't worry about it. Definitely. And, you know, that can roll us back into football, I guess, because basketball, I'm, we're definitely excited about that. But I, I, got, be... I got one oh, question yeah. about basketball. One oh, more. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. Go back into football. Is in this recruiting class that's coming up for your zone, mm-hmm. basically the Fab Five of Michigan State. Um, who is your favorite player? Not naming Monty Bates. And who is the one guy you like, okay, I know he's good, but I still want to see a little bit more from him. So, my favorite player on the team by far, like, it's got to be, and you mean on the current team right now, right? No, I'm saying the, the recruiting class is coming in, the 2021 oh, recruiting class. Okay. 2021 recruiting class. Um, let me, I know his name. Give me one second. So who would be yours to start us off? All right. Uh, so my guy Ooh. that I, I like the most Ooh. out of this 2021, I'm really like putting 2021 and 22 kind of together because I think both Imani and Enoch uh, Boyak will actually go to 2021. I'm hoping. I'm praying that that happens. But if we just stick to the three guys that are in 2021, which is Matt Chris, oh, yeah. Jaden Atkins, and Pierre Brooks, my favorite is Jaden Atkins. Number one in the state of Michigan. I just think that he has a, a Russell Westbrook vibe to him. He can, he can do it all. He really has a quick first step and a deadly jumper. And he can shoot it from anywhere. He's not afraid of anybody. And that's one of the things I like about him from the point guard position my actually my one uh person that i have uh wouldn't say necessarily concerned about but i'm just like i have to see more is matt Mm -hmm. max christie just because um of where he's where he's at he's uh out of illinois he's the number one player in the state number one player in his position but when i look at his highlight tapes i'm looking at the competition in which he had to play in and i'm like I'm not seeing what Jaden Atkins had to play against or what Pierre Brooks had to play against. So I just need to see. It's not even about Max Christie's skill set. It's more of his toughness that I have to see. So I have to see yeah, a little bit more from him. 
how can he play against guys that are coming at him? Right, because I know in Michigan, in Detroit, I know they got some they got some real rivalries. They really have real games that you really got to like battle your way out of. And I just wanted to know from uh, uh, Max, Max Christie, maybe somebody from Twitterland in Illinois can uh, school me on Max Christie, and maybe I'm wrong. And I would yeah. love to be wrong about it. If you if you hear me out there, Twitterland, tell me more about Max Christie so that I can feel more secure about him and coming in here as a five-star and being able to ball against anybody. I want to know from you guys. I know there's a bio possibly on him on the Spartan Hoops website thing. I forget the the exact name. It's Spartan Hoops. But um, I know they do bios on players a lot of the time, and I think that might be – I need to get educated on them too because that was one – I saw the tape, but it was just him shooting. Like, I didn't really right, see much. Right, that's it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, so I'm not going to act like... And I know there's people who actually can break down the tape and tell you, like, this is what he can do. I'm, I didn't break it down. I just saw shooting, and I was like, all right, who's next? So, right. That, that was same same for me. I know he yeah. can shoot the lights out, but I'm just saying, if, if it comes yeah, down like, to it and, you, and your jumper is not on, do you have anything else to go to? And that's what I'm saying. can you provide? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. But I like Pierre Brooks though. I like him. I and I I'm not I didn't once I saw all these guys coming in, I was kinda gonna wait until kinda came out once to really look at them all. But now that we're here, I mean I saw when I saw Pierre Brooks come, I looked at his team and he was just an aggressive it looked like he was just a big dude that could yep. be a bruiser and take it into the paint. Yep. Like, yep. Reminds me a lot of uh Morris Peterson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just six five, one eighty and looked like he could just I and his shot looked okay too. I don't know. Again, I don't know what his percentage was or how consistent but on his, the tape the the shot the shot like the form and everything it looked like he had it like it looked like he had a smooth yep. game that was all around complete yeah i think he's going to be a vital piece i think one of yeah. i think these guys come off the bench maybe Jaden atkins comes in and actually starts uh you know we also have uh what is it aj aj hogger yeah, I think he's going to be a, a bruiser, too, one of those big dudes that just annoys teams. I know. He yeah. looks like a big old Baron Davis. I'm just, I want to see his game because I want I really want to see uh, what he can do on the floor. And that'll tell me yeah. a lot more of who if he's going to start or if Jay Nackins going to start as soon as he comes in. But even if he, even if none of these guys start, the, the bench is going to be the best thing. They Some of them have, obviously, um, Imani Bates is going to have to start as soon as he comes on the floor. So, Whoever's trying to be small forward slash, I hope they don't put him at the power forward position at at college. Yeah, no, I, you know, no, he needs he needs to be at small forward. He needs to be he needs to be controlling the game. Right, he is a mismatch. I mean, don't get it twisted. He's so super long, so I wouldn't want him like bringing the ball up like that. Just because right. of that, but I just think that we should run the offense through him whenever you know whenever the, he does arrive at Michigan State. So um, other than that, we got a lot of big guys. It's so much. We have so much talent at the basketball. Do you understand? Like our yeah. our bench is just so good. It's like if there was ever a great team, like from starters to bench players that have come on the floor. If if Izzo cannot make this work, I I there's nothing I can say to him. If anybody That's wanted to go in on him, I, I can't I can't defend Izzo on that. I couldn't even defend myself. 
Yeah, like that's my only concern. Is like, what if? And it, I don't think it. I don't think it's gonna get to that. I think Ezo's gonna. I think Ezo learned his lesson. And I think maybe he talked to people and learned how to coach guys like that and learned what he did right and wrong. I don't know, but throughout the last few years, I liked what I've seen from Ezo. Like, I like. I'm not gonna try to critique the guy. He knows more about basketball. Sleep, so I'm not gonna try to you know critique the man, but. Based off of what I saw the last two years on basketball program, I was like, man, we, he made some changes. Like he, this is we we look way more upbeat. We can change Izzo's back, but I got to see how he does with the stars. I got to see, you know, what happens on the court. I just want to make sure it's I'm not dreaming. That's it. I just got to make sure I'm not dreaming. Yeah, same here. Same here. So uh, back to uh, back to football, where we uh, love to discuss. I really want to know from you. With this season coming up, who is the one player you're looking forward to seeing on the, both offense and defensive side of the football? So that's a good question. For offense, I'm really excited because I think this dude's an X factor for offense. I've always tweeted about him nonstop. Okay. Trayvon Morgan, I think, is going to be an X factor on the mm-hmm. offense. The man's okay. six 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 five. I I don't know if you've seen him in the Michigan State videos. The dude's built, so he's ready to go. So he was injured a little bit last year, banged up. He looks like he's back and ready. And he looks like he's built to destroy. So we can get a QB that can get him the ball. Uh-huh. I think Morgan's going to be an X factor in the red zone, just an X factor in any situation. Yeah. Um. Um. And then for defense, I honestly am, and it might be a little generic, and um, but I like Julian Barnett. Um, I'll mix it up here because obviously he's excited. He's a five-star, four-star guy. That's back at his natural position yep but i'm excited to see him back at it because i never got to see that at michigan state and we need that at michigan state in the big 10 playing guys like ohio state michigan we need a guy who's a natural at his position there so i think he's an x factor yeah i agree um, for sure there uh let's go with uh, my offensive guy is Jalen naylor mm-hmm. he's been injured the last couple of times so uh hopefully to get a, a healthy Go him and uh Jaden Reed are yeah, gonna be yeah, my Reed. two top guys. Reed is a straight up fly guy, he is going to take the top off the safeties. And like you said, we just need a quarterback that can get them the ball. They have weapons, yeah. We have guys that you can throw to and get to, and guys that can get open with a rock with yeah. a wide receiver coach like uh Courtney Hawkins who has played at Michigan State before and knows what it takes to get to the NFL that's mm-hmm. the type of guy who I'm looking at as like one of my key court uh, one of my key position coaches is Courtney Hawkins straight out of Flint is going to teach these guys how to beat press coverage yes. that is the one weakness that I've seen from every uh wide receivers coach that has come before Courtney Hawkins I want Courtney Hawkins to go in there and say, okay, I'm going to work on your hands and your feet. Yeah. Because you're, you're not going to get jammed on the line of scrimmage ever again. Yeah. Consistently. Like, yeah. That. Right. You know? Yeah. And I think, yeah, and I agree with that. That's a really good point because receivers, the talent, like you were saying, is just a huge issue. So, mm-hmm. I, mm. yeah, we've had the talent, we just didn't have the coaching. Right, right, and it's just, and you could tell it was coaching too. Like um, Mike Valenti, I was telling you about that uh, uh, earlier. Mike Valenti was going on a huge spiel about the Buckeye game, saying how our coaches were asking the players, "What are you seeing out there?" That kind of thing, and we can talk about the coaching all we want to in the past, but I think that coaching 
really wore down our talent. It really yep. wore them down. Big you time. can tell by our defense, and it started with the defense, and it didn't stop. Like it, you can tell, it wore them down completely. Yeah. Their careers, and just them throughout the season, like. Yeah. But that's the, that's the D'Antonio error that uh, that he left with, you know, uh, D'Antonio. Yeah. Didn't he didn't really do his job? I don't think he. I don't know what ran through D'Antonio's mind the last few years of where he didn't want to fire Dave Warner. Uh, the offensive coordinator that was clearly not doing his job right. Yeah. So that right <laughs> there kind of sealed his own fate. Uh, so, I mean, that is what it is. I still think D'Antonio is, is the greatest coach in A great coach. coach. Great coach. Great coach. Still deserves and I think the statue. That's and I think that's natural with every coach. I was talking to my friends about this. Like, they're, it's natural for coaches at the end of their career to kind of have a downhill slope. Like, mm-hmm. Mike Mac Brown had his at Texas. Les Big Miles time. had his at LSU. Big time. I think it's na- I think it's natural. Um, Ron Zook had his at Florida and at Illinois. I don't really consider Illinois his prime, but you know, right. it's just I think every coach, great coach, has their downfall. I think D'Antonio had his, and it was a natural one. But it, it, I think now that the smoke is clear, we can appreciate him for what he was and what he did. I think the smoke yeah. is clear now. You know, so give him a grade. For his coaching career, give him a grade. As a Michigan State coach, I can get. I would give him. I would give him an A as a Michigan State coach because he's given us moments that I don't think we ever thought we would possibly have. Like that's what I'm a saying. A college football playoff, a Rose Bowl, a Cotton Bowl, Mm-mm. beating Ohio State consistently in those years. I yeah. mean, it was just he did give us moments. Moments. He did. He, Real. He moments. made us have this expectation. Yeah, I agree with the. Uh, <laughs> When they did the, was it the fake field goal at Notre Dame? Yeah, little giant. Yeah. Oh my God, that was that was the that was a moment. Like it was so many of those. Beating Michigan was always a moment for me. Fumble with the snap is going to be a moment in my mind forever. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So uh, D'Antonio, once again, he like just like you, he gets an A in my book for his coaching career of what he did at Michigan State. And I'll give him credit because he was personal motivating. Like, not to be corny, but, you know, like, sometimes if you watch some of his videos, he'd be like, you know, that kind of, you know, that kind of motivates. Like, when he's talking about getting out the mud, some stuff. I'm like, some, he was like, I would watch his press conferences, and sometimes he was just good to listen to. Like, sometimes he was just kind of like, you know, this guy's just, he knows what he's talking about. He means well. So, I mean, some of his words were just good. I think he, even not being his player, just kind of hearing how his, his speeches and how he talks about, how he what he thinks and what his what is important to him i think it kind of helped me sometimes like especially reach you know reach hires things like that you know he was he was a motivating person so i think he just he really was a complete coach so i do he does deserve a lot of appreciation for sure a lot and for my defensive side of the ball my guy is going to be chase klein Mm -hmm. i think he's ready out with scotty hazelton coming in and and you've reported that Michigan State is going to win, uh, run a 3-4 defense this time, a hybrid 3-4. Yeah, hybrid 3-4, yeah. So I think that with Chase Klein on the outside, ready to really just wreak havoc on the quarterback and do what he does best, which is get to the quarterback. He's really just a disruptive guy. And that's what this yeah, defense like is going to need. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So do you think – so what defensive linemen do you think – because we we I think we agree that Panashuk is going to be the guy on one end, 
It's probably going to be Naquan Jones in the middle. Mm-hmm. So on that other side, do you think Vic Beasley is going to get it? Do you think it's going to be – I don't know how Camper is doing. I haven't really seen his name or Gissinger. I haven't really seen him. Who would be next up? I don't know if Fletcher – I don't know who's the lineup there. I don't know who's the – I think it's going to be uh, by committee. It's going to be whoever's on that side is going to be by – they're going to have a rotation of guys because they don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to be. Listen, it's not. There's no. It's going to be no warm up game. It's going to be live. It counts as soon as you step on the field. So we didn't have a spring game to really see who was going to be, and that's what's really going to hurt us. And that's yeah. what I really say about the season. This season is really going. It's going to count in my mind, but depending on how good or bad it is, it's, it's not going to truly count in my mind because. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, I'm glad this season happened because this is the best thing, that, in my opinion, that could ever happen to Mel Tucker. It's a win-win for Mel Tucker. He got really Christmas. Is. He got literally... And the Spartan fans don't expect anything from him either. So exactly. that's the thing. Like, they aren't... And that's not bad, but they're not expecting him to win not even five games. So, like, dude, the expectation is low. Like, Super low. You got to lose to Rutgers for, for fans to watch <laughs> <you out. laughs> That's so true. So, <laughs> yeah, Rutgers better be a championship game the way you sound like that. Like, that is true. If you lose to Rutgers, we're eh, um, going to look at you a little differently. Like, yeah, I don't know about this guy, but, you know. But that's not going to happen. And, uh, it better not happen. happen. How about that? Knock on wood. Yes, please. But, no, I'm excited for football. I'm excited. I like the coaching staff, and I think it's – very underrated the fact that Harlan Barnett came back. I think we lost a piece with him being gone. Um, I preached this religiously. I think our backfield was never the same when he left. I think it was a very makeshift no-fly zone, and it's no one's name in general. I'm not, you know, it's just, I think it's just what happened, and I think Harlan Barnett was meant to be a Spartan guy. He was meant to be the constructor of our backfield, and we just lost something when we lost him in back there. I don't know what it was. I don't know what, but you can tell the timeline when he left it just went downhill in the backfield it was just never the same yeah. so i hope that you never happen. had they yep yeah. true it was never the no fly zone after that yeah and it was and urban meyer and all these coaches are like well michigan state isn't getting those guys anymore well we don't have a recruiter anymore to get them yeah it's true we sure don't and we got our we got our guy back and we see what we can get once we get our guy back. We're getting some more guys that are very talented that I have very high hopes for coming in. Mm-hmm. Colin Barnett with Ron Burke uh, and with Scotty Hazleton combined. I think our defense is just as good as, you know, as when Harlan Barnett never left Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is going to be that dominant again. To be honest with you, when you talk about the defensive end, I have faith in Ron, Ron Burton that he will find that guy for that position. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Because he, I mean, it'll be somebody we'll never expect and just will turn into the next Kenny Willikis. So, if you can turn a walk on into Kenny Willikis, I don't care who's over there. Yeah, Ron Burton's a bad man to do that and have him. I mean, he was Kenny Wilkins was a draft pick before he got hurt and broke his leg. So I mean, you can do that exactly. Like, he better have been. I think they were sleeping on him like completely sleeping. Yeah, he just got drafted seventh round, and it sucks he's hurt now. Hopefully, I mean, prayers to him. I know, I I know. Yeah, it's prayers to him. Hopefully, he gets back healthy because he, in my opinion, he got gypped in that draft. I don't know what they did not see 
about, you know, his tape, he flew off the screen. I wanted the Patriots to get him really bad. I, I thought he would have been great for the edge. I think any team that needed an edge rusher should have got him. I was like, man, he is what you want in an edge rusher. That's no bias. Like, the man's a freak. At all. Like, he dominated Ohio State. He had the numbers to show. Like, yeah, like, I'm like, dude, like, they had to put three or four guys on him sometimes. Like, ugh. But, yeah, hopefully the defensive line will still be fine. Uh, I don't think it will be as dominant, but uh, I think with the scheme of what Scotty Hazelton is going to do, the blitz blitzing scheme that he's going to come up with, I believe, we'll, we'll see who, who that defensive guy is up front. So my thing right off the yeah, for like, because I know you like Scott Hilton. So for the people who aren't familiar with him, can you give them an idea of what you know, what concept he's gonna bring, what what gets you excited about him? Because I think he's kind of like a question mark to some people. Like, yeah, he's, he's just he's just a coordinator, right? It, it, true, I mean, but he's a very good coordinator. He really what he did at Kansas State, and you should know this: Kansas State is not Michigan State, right? We should get better players and and to fit Scotty Hazelton's scheme a little bit better. Uh, the three four hybrid. It's a it's a when he did was a it was a lot of stunts. I just like the blitzing scheme of what Scotty Hazelton is going right. to come up with. Uh, a lot of twists, a lot of fake blitzes. It's 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 going to be a chess match, and it's going to what he did at uh, what he did it versus Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Should tell you a lot about what Scotty Hazelton can do with the Michigan State squad. Right. Yeah. So if they want to know, just go back and look at those type of uh, game films. Look at those highlights. It'll tell you everything you need to know. Same with the offensive coordinator, Jay Johnson. Look at every single Colorado game from last year. You'll see what you what you should be able to see at Michigan State. Yeah. I'm not saying that Jay Johnson is going to be the greatest offensive coordinator. I know he's going to be better than Dave Warner. <laughs> so which, you have to understand that. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And that's a big deal, though. Like, we we, we live through the Dave Warner. And Dave, no no offense, buddy. We appreciate you. Like, at the end of the day, the smoke is clear, Dave. Thank you. True. But, yeah. you know, we got to call a spade a spade. Yeah. It was a little rough, but... I mean, yeah, we have a better coordinator now, so I'm excited to see that, too. I'm excited. He's aggressive, too. He's someone that I thought was going to be able to talk and communicate. We, we were missing that. It was way too mellow. It was way too mistakes are mistakes. I want someone that's going to be like, yeah. what the F is going on? This is, and this is the one thing I think people should like mm-hmm. about Coach Tucker. Mark Antonio was uh, loyal to a fault. Yeah. And that cost him his job. If you're not getting it done in Mel Tucker's camp, I guarantee you he will fire you and not have no loyalty. He said, man, I brought you here. I got you. I got you some game checks. I'm getting you paid. I'm getting my guys paid, right? Right. But it's going to be on you to get you paid again. You know what I'm saying? That's all I owe you. I got you paid. Yep. This is all I owe you. Please do not call me out of my name when, when, when stuff isn't going well and I have to let you go. Right. And... So that's 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 what I think the gonna be better between D'Antonio and Mel Tucker. And yeah, and, and I and I just I really want people to understand that it's not gonna be the same Patty and I go back to Mike Valencia, I look up to this guy because he 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 was the one person during this whole era that that I felt was vibing with me during it, that understood my anger, that understood where I was coming from. So like yep. we're not gonna be playing patty kick, patty kick with people anymore. We're not gonna be we're like Here's my example. When we played Western Michigan, 
you and every other Michigan State fan listening knows exactly what we what we did. We were never gonna blow Western Michigan out unless we unless they just played that bad to where we had no choice. We would run the ball. We would be played yeah. down to our opponents. Like we played down to Tulsa, Utah State, and everybody. Yes, we did. Our first three games were always the boring, most worst sleepers ever, ever. And I think that's not going to be yeah. a thing anymore. I think we're going to be changing so much about Michigan. We're going to be a blitzkrieg team. We're going to be modern. Like, we're going to be a modern football team now. And it will show with our recruits. Yes. Mel Tucker's turning out to be a better recruiter than Mark D'Antonio. So, if you can only imagine, if you can get half the production out of if you can get half the production out of these guys that Mark D'Antonio can, um, we should be able to win another Big Ten title in the next few years. Exactly. Whenever we get, you know, whenever we get rolling, that should be our expectation now because we have NFL guys. We we really do have NFL guys coaching these kids. Like you have to understand that that has to count for something. Oh yeah, and we opened up our communications back. I don't know what exactly the article was, but I remember Michigan State like shut their camps off or something to scouts, NFL scouts. We were very, I guess Michigan State was very like secretive with scouts. We didn't like them around or something. I didn't know that was a thing, but apparently it was. Michigan State. Was I didn't either. Yeah, apparently we were just very weird about scouts and all that. So apparently we're opening our connections up. Like we're trying to connect out there. We got a lot more. We're again like we're acting like a big boy program. Like we're doing so many yes. things, getting guys like I think William Pegger, whatever his name is, Pegler. I like him a lot too. Yep. I think he's the one that is unique. Like I don't know. I think he's a smart. He looks like he's a, he's bringing in guys that like him. So he's saying something. He's showing them some kind of scheme that gets them excited. So I agree. Uh, I think that. Uh... I, the whole thing is, in general, it looks better to me. Yeah, I the, William is uh, William Pegler is one of the guys who uh, is a question mark to me. Mm-hmm. He ended up getting a four star uh, recruit not too long ago, and I think that uh, out of New Jersey, I think that it's the same. I think that that's going to be his back. That is going to be his Le'Veon Bell to this program. One of the things that I heard from Mike Valenti as well is that. If one our actual position coaches and everything, if you're not a recruiter, you can't be a part of Michigan State. So everybody is going to have to have one guy or two guys in their position that they can be like, okay, see, I brought you this guy. I can recruit because it's not not enough that you can coach. You have to be able to bring talent into this program, yeah, in order to be successful, yeah. So I'm looking for Courtney Hawkins to really see what type of wide receiver he's going to get because he's going. But it, that all depends on the season. I think a lot of these guys need a season to really show, hey, we are better than advertised and you need to come over here and watch us play football. Or you need to just come over here and play with us. Just play. Yeah. And I, I truly, I truly really, really think we'll be better. I, I honestly do. I don't think because... I don't think it was so much a talent thing I do. That's why I I firmly personally do because I you can tell when it's talent. Like, and I think with quarterbacks, right. that's the only thing that's a talent, a really big talent gap is quarterback because we don't know. Like, and I don't think we have a four star in Dio Day, so he might ball out. I he never got a real chance to play. That's that is my guy. He, and now his his actual stats since he played, he was two or three. 
for 12 yards. Didn't really do anything. 66%. Matter of fact, I think that Antonio took him out. I, I heard this is a rumor. I don't know if this is true or not, but it probably is. D'Antonio took Theo Day out the game because Theo Day checked to a different play than what was supposed to be ran. And he actually got a completion in the first down out of it. He took him out the damn game. I was like, oh my God. So it don't even matter. Even if you do something right, he was just so stubborn. I think Theo Day can, pay, can play. He's 6'5". He's the tallest quarterback we got. I, I've seen him play, actually. I watched his highlight tapes. That's my quarterback. Theo all day is my guy. I hope to see him. I know that I think that Rocky Lombardi will start the season, unfortunately, because they just don't want to, you know, they don't want to, they don't want to ruffle too many feathers. He's a good guy. And I I don't know if, yeah, I mean, he's, he's a good guy. He just can't throw the football. He reminds me of Tim Tebow. That's who Rocky Lombardi reminds me of. Tim Tebow. Yeah. Uh, Urban Meyerless Tim Tebow. Yep. Yep. So uh, if he, he, it's going to show pretty quickly. (laughs) Whenever he throws his first interception would be the time I'd be like, yeah, that's all I need to see from uh, Rocky. It's time to, time to start this thing all over. Let's go get a different quarterback in there because But you can see it. It's not going to be him. You can tell who's the it. You could tell who's got Like, when we saw Connor Cook, we all, Michigan State fans like, that guy's got it. Like, when we saw Connor Cook click, he did. We, saw, we were like, okay, there's something there. But Rocky Lombardi, at first, it was like, man, he's got the name. He's got the hair. He's got it all, man. That Rocky's was it. guy. Bro, looks can be so deceiving. Yeah, and then games kept going on. I'm like, bro, this dude just is not hitting the throws. I kept trying to force myself to believe, like, okay, it's just snowing. Like, you know, you know, it's just snowing outside. D'Antonio threw him, threw him in there. Like, why is he playing this? And then I'm like, okay, that was a five-yard slant. Like, okay. Yes. Yeah, I know. Listen, the way, every time he winds up and is about to throw, I'm like, oh, my God, he's about to end up. This is about to be an interception. It's either he can't read it or he can't get the ball to where he wants to get to. So it's either or. Either he's not making the right reads or he is incapable of getting the ball where it needs to be to these wide receivers. That's why you were 7 of 21. So you cannot tell me that you you can't tell me that I don't know who you are. Like, listen, you can't improve. I think he can can improve a little bit, but as far as like really like being able to get these these guys the ball, it's not going to be on Rocky Lombardi. I could almost bet money, and I live out here in Vegas, money capital. I can go down there right now to a sports book and say, "Hey, I know Rocky Lombardi is going to throw at least four interceptions before he throws a touchdown," and that's just the way it's going to be. Um, <laughs> I hope. I mean, obviously, with Rutgers, he might just look up and throw three touchdowns and look so good that people are going to be like, "Oh, see, Rocky's the guy. We should have believed in him all along." I'm going to be like, "Hold on." I'm going to be like, "Please, timeout. This is Rutgers we're talking about. Come on now. Anybody can go in there and look good. It didn't matter. It's yeah. versus Michigan where you're going to see if he is good or not. That pressure, you're going to see." who can live up to it and who can't, period. Yeah, for sure. And that's the, the Rutgers game is going to be a mirage. It's going to be a – it's going to be yep. a – it's going to get some Michigan State fans thinking that Rocky's the future. So just buckle up for that. Mm-hmm. Like, get ready for that, Rocky. Yep. The fans are get ready. Hooray for Rocky. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, though, I mean, like you said, I think Theo – I'm always – I'm about analytics and just a guy about – especially for Michigan State football – basketball people probably have me beat by miles on it but football oh man i look at this stuff like i've caught a lot of things right and a lot of things wrong but like i 
you can get the feel for quarterbacks from Michigan State. Like Andrew Maxwell, you knew he wasn't going to work ever. You knew at, that at all. Tyler O'Connor, you knew from before Tyler O'Connor had that three and nine year, I knew, and I can bet my life on it. I knew Tyler O'Connor was never going to work for Michigan State. When he came in those spring games, whenever we were up with Connor Cook and Tyler O'Connor got to come in, he never looked good, ever. Like, he could mm. never – it was pulling teeth to get a completion. So I And that's what Rocky looks like. Yeah, we have to clap for him when he gets a five. Like, when we have to, like, praise you for doing the basics as a QB, that's when you know that they're not used to you doing it in practice. Like, when they have to, like, hype Damn. you up and – go crazy on the sideline for you, that's when they're like, we haven't seen this before. Like, this is rare. Like, oh, okay. Man, that's, that's funny because then, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. You should be able to get a feel for it. Like, every time he would come in, and that's what I'm saying, every time Rocky Lombardi would come in, you would see it and be like, oh, no, he's just not ready. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't. I didn't see, I never saw a spark. He, he has not thrown a touchdown pass. So to this day, I still don't know if he can do anything. You know what I'm saying? So right, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a trial by error, and I'm going to allow Rocky to go in there and 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 fight for his position. I mean, if you got it, you got to keep it. Now, do I think he's going to keep it throughout the year? No, I think he's going to struggle versus Michigan, and that's going and that's going to be the reason, in my opinion. Like I said. The quarterback position will tell us if we can win. We can win that game versus Michigan. I'm going to continue to say that. Now, here's my but thing. But it's going to be you. on the quarterback. Would you be okay if Rutgers is the mirage, Rocky goes in there, throws three touchdowns, everyone's like, man, this guy is big. He's on, he's, you know, he's on the Big Ten network. They're like, you know, Michigan State found their QB, and Michigan's the game that takes his position away. Like, I mean, Michigan comes in there, and he throws three interceptions, bad percentage he's just not on point and at that point we realize rocky's not the guy and theo gets the spot and we go from there would you be okay with that like if michigan is the game the eye opener so to say like we it ends the whole talk about who the qb should be like would you be okay with that if that was the game that michigan was instead of i would i would be thrilled with that but i don't think that's gonna happen oh yeah i think that He's going to throw those three interceptions versus Michigan, and then they're going to be like, okay, we're going to give you one more game to see if you if that was just a mirage. Because you can't really just say, okay, a guy had a bad game, so therefore, you know, you're going to yank him because he had a bad game. But you have to see two bad games in a row. And I don't think – I don't think – but I do think you're going to see it because the next game after that is Iowa. Yeah, well, so- I think we're going to lose to. So, with that being said, I think it will be the Iowa game is going to be whether – we'll see – my Who thing is, what, what if now, we get? I pray. Go ahead. I was like, if we get blown out early, and like Theo comes in towards the second half Ooh. and shows some signs, like he can move the ball. Like he's like, okay, well, hold up, who is this dude? Like, what if now? What if yeah. that happens? Like, I mean, obviously that's yeah, a good I, thing. I, <laughs> but to be honest with you, here's how it would really go. Yeah. If Rocky goes in there and throws two picks before the first half. They're going to be like, okay, we're going to try different. Because, you know, let's just say the offense isn't cooking. But we're still in a close game. Uh, or we're not in a close game. We're, but, you know, it's like 21-7. But he's thrown two to three interceptions. And we have to get someone else in there. Theo Day comes in and, 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 and is able to at least tie the game up. Now, we still might lose it. But at least he put up a better fight than what Rocky did. Then that's when... I would say that's where I would give it the nod to Theo Day and be like, yes, let's continue the season yeah, with this guy. Let's roll on. Yeah. Who is who is better better connected with the wide receivers and can get the ball to point A to point B without uh, throwing an interception. 
So yeah, I believe. I listen. I just believe in Theo Day. I just I've seen everything I needed to see. I can't say I've seen everything because he only threw three passes, but at least he completed two of them. <laughs> I'm giving him that. <laughs> so. I mean, he has I the star like, power. I mean, I, I I don't get why guys like that aren't on the field. Like, that was another issue with – and I'm not going to say right. anyone's names, but, like, why aren't these guys on the field? Like, we got guys who are good. We did the same thing with Masai DeWeaver, and I would hate to lose two four-star quarterbacks because they just don't play. Like, that would be the biggest bugaboo. Messiah, you know what? Messiah DeWeaver probably was a big bust. Yeah, I think he was. He ended up at when you have the when you, yep, he had to when you had to go to a JUCO to fight for your life to get onto another school. I believe that that's a problem. Yeah, I think maybe we did Um, miss it with him. Maybe we were just like, yeah, you're just not (laughs) at all. Uh, The one player who I questioned and was mad that still stayed was Damian Terry. Oh, man. Don't get me started on him, please. The way, the way they used him, I think, was straight criminal. It was straight disrespectful because you would never allow him to throw the ball. So you would just use him for quarterback sneaks. And it was the same play. Like, yeah, <laughs> if Damian Terry came in, you knew what they were going to run. It was the exact same play. I don't, think he, could throw a pass. I don't think he could throw the ball, though, either. I think he was a very bad passer. I don't know. I, I don't That's know. On, that, man, that is on Michigan State then. If you cannot, for real, for real, if you can't throw if you can't throw to save your life, you should not have a scholarship. That was the issue, bro. You should go to Michigan State. You saw it with Tyler O'Connor, Andrew Maxwell. There was just too many times where there are just guys who can't throw the ball. Like, why are you quarterback? Like, what are we doing? Yes. Where's the recruiting? Where's the actual um, the tape that that says that this person is that? Now this person may have may have looked good in high school. That's the one thing about it. You know, high school is high school. I can't take it. But for so far, because it's the game of college to high school is totally different. Now you get everybody from the top in in each state is coming to play to one school. Right. It's a solidified area. Yeah. Right, so, you know, the speed of the game is a little bit faster. So you're not going to have as much time to throw the ball in high school as you do in college. College, you might have to take, you know, it might take three to four seconds before you get hit. In, college, in high school, he might have been there for like seven, eight seconds and just thought you was, you know, thought this is all, oh, this is easy. I can do this any day. But when, when pressure comes your way, and that's one thing I have to see with each of our quarterbacks. Is who can get who can I think you know what I think Theo Day might be good, but if you get pressure on Theo Day, I think he might crack under pressure. This is just my thought process on him. I still like him, but I just think he might be one of those uh happy feeted guys. You know what I'm saying? Just mm-hmm. you hit him a couple of times and then you get to see, oh, okay, he's not gonna throw it as good and you know, just might rattle him. He's gonna be looking behind his I'm shoulder. looking for the tough guy. Yeah, all all the time, you know, so yeah, I think that's going to happen with any quarterback. And that's my fear with Day. I don't want him to be that Clemson backup kind of quarterback. Like, you know, that guy that just comes in and is a game manager. I need, I want a slinger. Like, I don't want just a game guy. Who, I don't want like a Jeff Driscoll. I want a QB who can play the game and throw the ball and be aggressive and take control. I mean, I think we need a QB who's not afraid to make mistakes this year. Like, now, not Rocky. Oh, like, that, that, how about the Sagas? Not Rocky. You like, want a quarterback that can make mistakes. Uh, and accurate, you Rocky Lombardi in. Uh, accurate gunslinger. Because, I mean, we have the talent. Okay. I think when you have talent, you have to let him, You have to let the talent carry the team. We don't. Our QB is not good enough to carry our team. Like We don't have a Fields. We don't have a Lawrence or anything close to it. So, at this point, we got to let our receivers 
go. She also don't want to go away from your running back, you know, which oh, is yeah. Elijah Collins. Elijah, almost, yeah. almost had a thousand yards last season. Elijah, yeah. So with that being said, I think I want to see Elijah and I want to see Connor Hayward. I want to see what those two guys can do. I'm glad Connor Hayward is back. Mm-hmm. He can be our big, big, big bruiser. I just hope that he can hold on to the football because Lord knows if Connor Hayward goes in the game, gets a handoff, looks good going through the hole and gets hit and then fumbles the ball, it is going to be deja vu all over again because that's one of the things that got him benched yeah. last year just because he could not hold on to the football. This is definitely Connor Hayward's last, like, for me, this is my last, like, judgment of him because I've never really been on board for it. I always felt like the running back was kind of forced with him. I Once again, I get the eye test. I'm like, look, if it didn't work, it's probably not meant to be. Like, if Collins can come in and make it look easy or, or at least make it look yep. productive, what were you doing wrong? But then again, he's not that kind of running back. He was never meant to be used in right. situations. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and see this one more time. Because when they did use him right, he actually excelled. Like, when they let him play his game, he, he did his thing. And he's a hell of a blocker, too. Like, he's a really good pass blocker. So, we're... I mean, I mean he's built like Jerome Bettis. I mean, so, I mean, I would love to see him in there every single down. Like, do something. Elijah Collins is my speed slasher. Uh, and uh, my big bruiser, who I would love to just line up in eye formation and just kill you all day long. Like, I just think that that's what, uh, that's what I'm looking forward to from next season out of Michigan State is just competitiveness. More than anything, yeah, I want to see competitiveness. That's yeah, that's the biggest thing. It's okay if you lose your first year. That's normal in every coach. Todd Herman True. at Texas, normal. Todd Herman at Texas didn't win much games his first years, so that's at normal. All. We don't have a Todd Herman, and we don't have Texas talent, so we we can expect nope. it and be realistic and say, you know what, we're probably gonna have a rough first year. But how you lose yep. is a huge is a huge teller. If, we're, if we could score yep. points, if we if we can go in against Michigan and score 30 points and look good and lose a close one, that's a different kind mm-hmm. of loss than a getting beat 47 to 3. Obviously. Yeah. And that's all I'm saying. Right. And that's all we need. And I think that's the focus. Like, if we can lose to Ohio State, it's probably not going to happen. But if we can take Ohio State to a close game, we've done it before with a lot worse teams. If, if we can take Ohio State to a close game, be like have them sweating. Purdue's done it. I mean, we can make them have a close game. I'll take that loss. Penn State, I'll take close losses. I'll take competitive close losses. But it's the kind of loss that's going to concern me. If we just, if it looks like we just haven't haven't changed at all, that's not going to be the case. But you know. yeah, I agree. I just, I like I said, this competitiveness, yeah, and everything. We're gonna see. We're gonna see. Who are the guys going to be uh, for the next upcoming years? I'm going to look uh, to see. I know the wide receiving core is going to be strong. Yeah. Uh, running backs in the future will be strong. This year, it's just, you know, we got a couple of guys who I know can touch the football. Um, tight ends are going to be questionable. You know, I, I think that uh, Matt Dotson is good. I think Trick Gillison is, is, a, is a game changer. Um, other than that, the cornerback position is a secondary. is going to need a little bit of work. Yeah. Uh, with Josiah Scott gone, I really want to see uh, uh, Julian Barnett be the guy. Yeah. And take over that entire secondary and recreate the no-fly zone for us. 
Yeah, and I think he will. I think he has that. I think he's just a beast. He he was good at wide receiver, which wasn't even his natural position. And at all, he'll. I think he'll. He has a finally. He has a real coach there working with him, an experienced coach that knows what he's talking about, can read coverages, yeah. can read offenses. So I think he's in good hands now. Finally, but my thing is, we're loaded on cornerback and running back. Like, do you think there's gonna be any like transfers? Like. On like I like guys like Brandon Wright, Anthony Williams, because we have running backs coming in already from D'Antonio's class. We got the guy from Georgia, yeah. Simmons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think Jordan he, Simmons. Yeah. I think he's gonna be better than Wright, not Anthony Wright, but Williams. I think he's gonna be better yeah. than Williams. So Williams, that's automatically he's gonna fall down. Aldrick is gonna be better than Williams, so that drops him down even lower. Okay. El- Elgin mm-hmm. might be more useful than him. I just I just don't like what Williams. I think we saw what we saw from Williams. I think we saw his max. He's not Big Ten speed. I exactly. And I think so. That uh, he was just uh, he's from Illinois, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Something like that. Yeah. So I mean, it, it, I think it was a good try, but it, he looks just like uh, what was the guy out of Muskegon? Oh. Uh, Ladarius Jefferson. I never liked that either. That was just yes, not just like Ladarius Jefferson. Ladarius Jefferson could not move. Yeah. He was not. I look for I look for wiggle guys. When I what I mean by that is when you get the ball, can you make somebody miss from the line of scrimmage? And if you cannot, then you're gonna look trash. Like especially for the Big Ten because if you're not like built like Adrian Peterson, if you weren't or Jonathan Taylor. If you're not built like that and ready to go, like Audric, Audric is is built like that. When he comes in as a freshman, I expect him to get touched. Oh yeah, he's gonna he's gonna touch the ball. But like, Period. Look, now, he doesn't have he doesn't have a lot of wiggle, but he is going to be a straight line speedster. He's not even hold the ball, that, bro. Really, like, ugh. he was ready to throw it. He's so used to being quarterback. Yeah, he was just looking to throw the football, and it just it just wasn't it wasn't natural. I just you know that was one of those failed D'Antonio attempts to do something. I just think that D'Antonio was just trying to get top kids from Michigan. He didn't really care what position yeah, they were at. It was like, him, uh, he said, put him in number one. Yep. <laughs> yep. Let's do it. And we don't care. I mean, I'm pretty sure he had to promise uh, his high school, his parents that, hey, you're going to get touches as a freshman if you just come here and play for me. So, you know, you know how that goes. Oh, yeah. Because he was forced. Like, I, I, I knew it from the start. I was like, Jefferson's not going to make it. Like, he's not going to, this dude, this, he's not going to be the starting running back for a long term. There's no way. Like, I can look and tell, like, by how he juked. I could tell he wasn't a natural juker. He wasn't a natural running back. I was like, nope. why is he starting? Nope. So, I mean, I kind of know. They were just, I don't know. They just, they, they had to play him, I guess. And I think Brandon Wright's another guy that's not. I, I like the concept. I like the idea, but he's not a Big Ten guy either. I saw him climb. I'm like, dude, you guys just don't have that Big Ten burst. You guys aren't built. Like you guys, I don't know. Like, I, I I like the con. Wright might work out, but he just he didn't look like it when I saw him running. He didn't have that burst. I was like, dude, you're just. I don't know. No, I don't think. So. I mean, listen. I think Elijah Collins um, has it. Collins, I do like. He Collins, just yeah. has it, in my opinion. Yeah, Collins has it. Yeah, for you to almost run a thousand yards last season, I think that that's that's comparable. I mean, I think that that's what we need. I mean, especially with a new coaching staff. Yeah, everything out in the open, you got to learn a whole new concept, a whole new verbal language of, of what to look for when you're doing offense. Uh, so you know, for Elijah Collins to already be established is everything. I, everybody else has a question mark. I think behind you can him. tell that. 
Tucker doesn't like the running back room besides Collins because he got a lot of running backs. Like, he got a, a few guys. We have a lot of running backs in the class. I think he likes Simmons. I think he talked to Simmons and said, like, look, I'm, I'm going to take care of you. Come here. So I, I count that as Tucker because Simmons said he talked to Tucker before he committed to Michigan State. So he confirmed, like, so I think Tucker kind of said, I'll take care of you. But mm-hmm. I think Tucker did kind of see our running backs for an issue. I don't, that's why I don't, I think guys like Brandon Wright and Anthony Williams, I don't know what they're going to do. I'm kind of transferring. Yeah. I think they yeah. might need to start looking can. for schools. Yeah. <clears throat> Somebody in the Mac will take you. I'm just letting you know. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not. I, I, I'm just. I'm just a realist. I just think that I. I don't see where, and especially with a guy like Simmons coming in and Terry Stewart Jr. who can play probably that same position that Williams is gonna play that slot that speedster. Like yep. if we, and they can play it better than you. Yeah, we need that scholarship, bro. Yep, we're gonna need we need room. <laughs> we got more guys that want to come over here. So a lot of you three star guys that are that are thinking that uh, this is gonna be the same old Michigan State. You better get ready. You better get in that weight room and you better improve your game because I'm telling you, it is going to be dog eat dog. Yeah, I think that's what people don't get it. I think people don't understand. Mel Tucker is he's gonna he's gonna live by the shore. He's gonna let some people go. Like he's, he's bringing you have in, to. Yeah, he's bringing in guys to let you know that some guys are going like. Especially our offensive line, like those guys better be sweating. Oh, man. Luke Campbell got oh, lucky because he would have been the first one gone. Tyler Higby would have been, oh, been the first oh, yeah, one no, gone for Tyler me. <laughs> yeah, Tyler Higby would have been out. I'd be like, Tyler, get out. Now, right away. Because right. you're soft. I'm sorry. You, you're you big for nothing. You are just soft as cotton nail tissue. Oh, I could not stand but, the offensive line. But I think that it was funny because um, Antonio actually did pretty good of getting a few offensive linemen before he left. Uh, he got Devontae Dobbs. Mm-hmm. He's getting your boy uh, Akumba. Oh, yeah. I do like him a lot. I just don't know why we never used him. But I mean, but we're going to. Like, I like I like Mustafa Khalifa. I wanted to see him play. Jacob Azalea. Yeah, I wanted to see him play. So we have a question mark on the offensive line, but we have talent there, yeah. and we have an offensive line coach. Yes, and Chris Kaplovic. Uh, uh, Kaplovic. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce it, but yeah, he's he's, he's bro. Tim Bowman. Yeah. <laughs> Just watch watching uh, Colorado run the football was a thing of beauty because they really had big guys that really moved the line of scrimmage. Move people. So it was, a, it was it was a sight to see. And these guys were not four or five stars. These were three star guys, kind of like what D'Antonio was getting. But, you know, he was able to to mold them into a unit. And, and he has more talent at Michigan State than he did at Colorado. So I can only, I can only expect better results. And these are the things that I think that, and I was watching a Colin Coward thing, and he, he said what makes a college football team productive, like what makes any team productive? Your offensive line and your quarterback. We have, and, I, and like you were saying, we have the talent on the offensive line. I think we have names that a lot of people, even me, have not seen yet. For some reason, I think there was a group of guys that D'Antonio liked, and that not even D'Antonio, but Bowman liked and got in there. There's no reason why James Ohamba, whatever, however you pronounce his name, should not yep, never touch the field. Yep. There's no reason yep. why he should have never been out there. So, 
there's I think there's there were some issues with there, and I think now we're gonna see a free whoever's good plays. We might not even see Luke Campbell and guys out there. Like I hope we don't, but I mean, I think we're gonna see a, the best guys out there, and we're gonna have like you said a real a real offensive line coach that actually can send guys to NFL, can get guys to block, not someone who's just there to be there because he got a paycheck to. But a guy who yep. can actually coach, get in people's face, move people, and say, "This is how you need to move." Yeah, I just think that's what it's gonna take. Yeah. So that's one of the things that I think that Michigan State fans should actually understand. I hope after they listen to this, they reevaluate themselves and be like, "You know what? These guys are right. Like, they do have talented coaches to go along with talented players that you've never heard of or never seen because D'Antonio put them on the shelf." Because he liked to do that with a lot of freshmen. He liked to redshirt them. So they have a, a, a thing in uh, college football. I think it happened a couple of years ago to where you could play four games and still be redshirted. So that's what he would do. He would play game, play freshman, four games, whatever four games he wanted. And that's why I, th- I think that actually can help get recruits too. And say, hey, you could play as a freshman four games. You're going to play all four rivalry games. I mean, if you thought about it like that. So that might get, you know, that, that definitely helped development, especially in freshmen. Because, you know, I don't think any freshman, especially offensive linemen, is just ready to go as a freshman and think they're going to, you know, block uh, four-year starters. I mean, I just don't, I don't believe in that. Yeah. I don't like putting... I don't like putting freshmen. I don't like putting expectations on freshmen coming into a football season. Yeah, that's not realistic. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, with that being said, I just hope that, um, especially now, that all of those guys that Antonio did recruit on their front line come in and actually get uh, some type of playing time because we need to see exactly what he saw in you guys. Yeah. And uh, like you said, with a new uh, offensive line coach. Hopefully, you can be taught even better ways to block. And I think that we're going to have a productive running. It's, it's, it'll be crazy to see. It wouldn't even matter who's back there in the backfield if you have a great offensive line. Yeah. It's going to make it's gonna make a lot of players look better just because it's going to get a little bit better. And I think our line can't get any worse than it did last year. So, Collins, I think it's going to have a productive year. And if Collins can be productive, that's going to open the pass game. And so if we can get the right guys in there and get a rotation of guys, a new offensive line look that is can block and protect our quarterback and let him throw to where he doesn't have anxiety in the pocket, where he can right. sit and make his reads, dude, we might have a chance to beat some teams like Michigan. We might have a chance. All it, The line against Rutgers is going to be a huge look. Like if we can dominate <laughs> Rutgers, okay, that's a check not struggle not like okay we're pulling teeth to get 10 yards like i want us to like i need to see something from the line yeah i need to see something i need to see something too i think that is, that's where it's going to start i have individual about it, that's where it starts. yeah and i have little individual projects i'm looking at during that game like how did the safeties play how did the how do these guys look i have individual projects true that's just going to be that's going to be more episodes down the line so come october 24th <laughs> We will be putting this podcast into overdrive. We will be going at it <laughs> at least three times a week. We're going to be giving you major content, major, major plays. We're going to make sure that uh, everybody on Twitter, everybody that's a part of the MSU community, please go vote for any polls that we post. Please. Anything that we post. Trust me, we're going to just continuously uh, uh, support Michigan State in every which way we can. Follow us on Twitter, 
at Spartan Dogs Podcast. And where we're going to keep up a whole lot of content that is related to Michigan State. Definitely. And most importantly, you guys, join the conversation. Give us conversations you guys want to talk about or get on and talk with us. Um, we can definitely get yes. you guys on, have the debates. You can join these conversations. Let us know how you feel um, for sure. So definitely yes, reach out Thank to us. Thank you for listening to the first episode of Spartan Dogs Podcast. Please stay tuned. We will have more to come next week. Just be on the lookout for it, please.